Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Another weekend, you survived back at it. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. Alex, what a, what a weekend it was. No sports, relaxing at home, and lots of cleaning. Exactly how you drew your end of March up. Yes, Greg. Um, my apartment, I can tell the listeners, is cleaner than it's ever been before, I think. Uh, I can thank my lovely girlfriend for that as well. She certainly, um, I guess the term has inspired me to get my act together in terms of my organization. So definitely organized and ready to go. Much like your office at the convo, always uh, fine in place, I'm sure. So uh, a weekend that, uh, that saw um, EMU continue to, to crank out content online. If you haven't been noticing, both football and men's basketball have stories going on. And I know we've also had a, a good series of memorable moments from the 2019-20 campaign for both men's and women's going on this year as well. Yeah, men's and women's basketball both taking some time to take a look back at their 2019-20 seasons. So we're in day six right now of what we're doing is the top 10 moments from each team of the year. So if you go on Twitter and Facebook every day, you can find a new moment that's come out. There's been some really uh, awesome look backs at some of the great things that happened this season, whether it was Ariana Combe scoring 32 points against Bowling Green at home earlier this season, or Noah Morgan dropping 30 at Kent State. Just a great way to kind of look back, take a minute or so each day to look back and, and realize that there were some really awesome times during these basketball seasons. And of course, they ended short and not the way that women's basketball specifically wanted to end as they had a chance to play in the MAC semifinals that um, unfortunately they didn't get, but still a great way to look back and see some of the awesome moments from earlier this season. Now we also had uh, the news today that 18 EMU swimming and diving student athletes were named academic all MAC today. Uh, the members of the All-MAC team hold a 3.2 GPA and above and played in 50% of their contests this year. So Eastern was tied with Miami in the top spot in that category. So certainly congratulations to Coach Derek Perkins and his crew for being able to record that fine accomplishment. Plenty more academic awards coming out very soon as well. Uh, some of the other sports that wrapped up their winter campaign before their seasons concluded. So uh, tip of the cap to the swimmers, Alex. Absolutely. Congratulations to all those that were able to earn a spot on the academic all-MAC team. We talk about it a lot, but it's certainly true. Those that can get it done in the classroom as well uh, as the field or the pool or the court or wherever they compete, uh, certainly impressive. And a lot of the times it's no small feat and it's really, there's a correlation there. A lot of the best athletes that we see performing during their sport are also great in the classroom. So we commend, all of those that are able to do that. And, and of course, there'll be more, like Greg said, academic awards coming out shortly. I know basketballs uh, will be coming out shortly as well as some other winter sports as well. So make sure to stay tuned and be on the lookout for those and give kudos to those student athletes that really, uh, it's cliche to say, but put the student in student athlete. This week on our podcast, we do a little different. We go back outside the Eastern Michigan student athlete and, and coach parameter that we usually follow. And, uh, we are joined by a Detroit media personality and former Eagle himself, and Dan Leach, uh, a voice you hear on 97.1, the ticket in the Detroit metro area. And you may have heard him 
nationwide at some point as part of a serious satellite sports radio program that he hosted for a few years. But he catches up uh, today on our podcast, and we talk a number of, of topics, Alex, uh, as you, you, you get to hear from Dan Leach. One, about his career path and how it got started. I, I didn't even know, and I've known Dan for 20-plus years, and he originally went to Syracuse before finding his way back to Eastern Michigan. Yeah, and this is a really good interview. For those of you that are listening right now, I mean, I'm coming at it from more perspective of a listener because I'm a fan of Dan Leach. I've been a fan of Dan Leach since I got down to Eastern Michigan, started listening to Metro Detroit Sports Talk Radio, and he's a, a great personality on 97.1. But, Greg, it's a little different for you because you're a personal friend of Dan Leach. You guys go way back. I can tell you from my perspective, this interview is one of my favorite that we've ever done on Eastern Insider. It's the most fulfilling interview I think we've ever done. So if you if you have the time to listen, please sit back and enjoy because Dan Leach is truly not only entertaining, his voice will grab you right in from the start, but his message is spectacular. Uh, we're certainly lucky to have him on, and, and I know that you consider yourself really lucky to have him as a friend, and he does a great job paying tribute not only to Eastern Michigan, but really just describing the the sports media career that he's had and uh it's truly just a, a spectacular interview well and then one of the other things that he also discusses is dan was a, a the person well i mean he still is it's a person that that has battled addiction throughout his life and uh has responded to, to get his career back on track but during times like this where you're social distancing and you're not able to be in a normal routine talking to him about how different that is and how difficult it is for people to handle uh, being away from others, especially if you have had an addiction problem, as well as how to navigate through the trials and tribulations of social media. Dan's a person that has certainly heard his, his fair share of negative comments and criticisms on social media. So his message to student athletes as well about how to handle uh, some of the trolls. Absolutely. And I think it's safe to say that everybody deals with something in their life that maybe other people don't know about, whether uh, it's mental health issues, addiction issues, whatever it may be. Um, I think we all have something in our lives or know somebody in our lives that deal with something like that. And uh, Dan is the truest of true champions uh, for those causes and his message um, and his ability to not only help guide people um, that may need it, but to offer support and to offer inspiration is really spectacular. Um, I came away from the interview. The interview will literally leave you uh, just so fulfilled that you listened to it. And I'm, I'm so excited for our listeners to be able to to, to get a, a hold of it. And so I can go back and listen to it again too. Yeah. Relive it a little bit. It is also, uh, we want to make sure we continue to thank the, medical professionals, first responders, people that are out there stocking grocery shelves, making deliveries, doing all those things, putting themselves uh, secondary, as I, as I stumble through my words, but uh, to make themselves available and out there to be able to, to do those jobs where the rest of us sit at home, we certainly cannot do what we do without them. Absolutely. And it's appropriate that we're, we have a podcast on the 30th, which is National Doctors' Day. Doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and anybody that's uh, a mandatory uh, worker right now that's doing whatever they can, whether it's in the healthcare field or whether it's somebody restocking groceries, can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. 
I know that we all appreciate it and you might not get the thanks and some of the other uh, workers that are putting themselves on the line, whether it's Amazon delivery or whatever it may be, may not get the thanks, but certainly know that we're thankful and uh, this could not be getting better or being solved without you. So we appreciate it. And if any of those are listening to Eastern Insider podcast, a, a very special thank you to, to you as well. Yep. Thank you so much. Without uh, further ado, I think, Alex, it's time to get to our interview. It's a rather lengthy one, but I think everyone will enjoy. Stick around. It's a great interview. Dan Leach coming up right after the break. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. It wouldn't be a podcast and a sports season without uh, catching up with one of our good friends, a EMU alum and one of the biggest voices in Metro Detroit. You hear him all the time on 97.1, and you can hear him many different ways on the internet as well. My good friend, Dan Leach, joins us. Dan, first off, welcome into the show. Greg, it's an honor, and uh, I just I can't tell you enough of how proud I am to a, know you, be an Eagle alum, Eagle slash Huron, but see what you've done. I mean, we met back when you were... You know, I think you were an intern in the SID department under the legendary Jim Streeter. You have taken over the world and made guys like him super proud. So it means the world to be out with you and to know that you are spreading the love throughout Eastern Michigan down country. I appreciate that, Dan. Yeah, you think back to all those years ago when you started, uh, you, you come out of, of Farmington Hills, you come to Eastern Michigan. First off, kind of what was your journey that led you to become a, a person that went to Eastern and kind of what drew you to your field of, of telecom and, and film journalism that you, you graduated with? No, it's, it's a great question, and, and I'll, I'll get into what ended up happening after I went to Eastern, but thank God I did. You know, I had an interesting journey. I ended up going to boarding school in California for three years. It was a three-year program, and then uh, I finished up with uh, a single year in prep school and a boarding school in the Hampshire called Brewster Academy, which down the road ended up becoming one of the great basketball prep programs in the country. Mitch McGarry, Thomas Robinson, TJ Thayer. There's so many NBA players that have ended up going to Brewster. And I, I came back home and I actually was enrolled at Syracuse, which we know is one of the great broadcast schools in the country. But there was a lot of personal things going on that ended up getting exacerbated later. Uh, you know, stuff with my family that was going on. And it, it just made Eastern made sense. I just went and visited I knew that they had a good broadcast program there, and I ended up applying, getting in, and it was just an incredible journey from day one. And, you know, starting my own radio show as a freshman, calling Earl Boykins and Charlie Batch basketball and football games on student radio and TV, running a grassroots campaign for president. So it, it really was something that I, I loved from day one, and but I've loved to have gone to Syracuse, of course, but things happen the way they're supposed to. And I couldn't be prouder that I went to Eastern. But then what ended up happening was I, and I've talked about this many times on air, had, you know, battles with addiction. And I'm nine years, probably now nine years sober now. But that kind of started getting exacerbated in a certain way when I was at Eastern. And, you know, obviously people didn't know about it. I, I didn't like let it become a major problem until after uh, I graduated. But that, that experience at Eastern, if I had gone to Syracuse, if I had gone somewhere else, just as a teacher's, I remember Dr. Marianne Washington, Matt Hansen from WQBR Radio, 
uh, our man John uh, Rice from the TV station. They were so good to me that it created this amazing foundation that I, I always, I think I knew Greg when I was probably seven years old in my basement using these old things called Star Studios where you can pretend to be a DJ like, hey, here goes Michael Jackson Thriller. I think I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster. And then going to Eastern and getting the experience, traveling to the NCAA basketball tournament when we played, uh, you know, uh, Michigan State at 10 o'clock at night at Hartford driving through Canada pre-9-11, all the experiences I had led to me knowing that was my career path, my career choice, and I ended up getting very lucky. I, I had my issues after, but I interned at Fox 2 for a couple of different terms. I was able to get a job doing a nationally syndicated radio show on Sports Byline and uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, and then it all led to my amazing opportunity to come back home after living in Costa Rica, in Atlanta, in Florida, to work at 97.1, which is one of the great sports stations in the country and be in this area and try to affect lives the best way I can and talk about my, my journey through recovery and addiction. And people have been able to really share some very heartfelt and heartbreaking, but then obviously heartwarming stories of recovery. And I know even if I can affect one person, that's enough. So that's kind of how I went from Eastern to where I'm at now. But I, I'll tell you this, and I've said this many times on air. I've said this many times in the interviews I've done. Without Eastern, without the, the teachers, and the ones that I mentioned, and many others uh, that were there for me, and they might not have known what I was going through, and I didn't even know I was having a drug issue at the time or an addiction problem, but they were there for me, helped me get through that. And to, to do that, to get to where I'm at now, it never would have happened without my time in Eastern Michigan, the experience I got, the friendships I made, people like you, Jim Streeter, uh, the S access to the athletic department. It was truly uh, an incredible experience. And I, there's no way I'd be, I might not be alive right now if it wasn't for Eastern Michigan. That's the truth. I know uh, your, your battle with, with addiction and mental illness right now is you're trying to help your best for people that are really having a tough time that are maybe they're stuck at home or in this odd new world that we're living in. Yeah. They're just not able to have their same normalcy. Those people that are having trouble right now, what's kind of your message to, to those people that, that their worlds have been flipped up on their ear and, and how to stay positive in a time like this? No, I think it's, it's a beautiful question and it's so important. And, and what I've tried to do, I mean, obviously I, I love social media to stay connected as we, as many of us do in this, this day and age. So I've tried to reach out, let people know not only am I there personally for them, but try to share positive stuff along with what, what's going on with information and, and, and obviously having fun the best way we can. But something that I've really, you know, tried to do in the last several years, especially since I've gotten sober is let people know they're not alone. And whether that's talking about it on a radio segment, whether that's tweeting about it, whether that's, you know, giving my time. I work with NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, a lot to try to let people know the most important thing is A, to destigmatize, but B, that they're not alone. And I think, the, the, you know, it's, I, I heard Dr. Vivek Murthy, he's a former Surgeon General. This was like two or so weeks ago. And I ended up loving what he said so much, I tweeted it out so people can see it if they want on my Twitter at DanLeach971. He said that we are not just going to be possibly in an economic recession. We are going to be in a social recession during this time. This is before, you know, stay-at-home orders from Michigan and California. This is before everyone was really taking social distancing seriously. And he said, we're going to need to be there for each other. We need to make sure that we're calling our friends. We have all these great technology advances, FaceTime, Skype, Google Hangouts, whatever it is. We've got to stay connected and let people know that they're not alone. And I actually have talked to many people that are in recovery during this time. It's awesome to know AA, NA, they're doing meetings online, they're doing 
virtual meetings, Skype meetings, phone, you know, teleconference meetings, Zoom meetings, which is fantastic. And it's just important that we stay connected right now because there are people, and even myself, I'm used to being out and about and, you know, doing six different things in one day, a radio show, a party, you know, going dancing, whatever it is. We need to stay connected. And I think right now, especially those people that we, you know, I've discussed that are struggling, they need to know they're not alone. They need to know there's options for them if they're at home by themselves and, you know, to, to reach out and have those meetings and reach out to people like me that have, you know, tried to, to be supportive in the best way we can. But another thing that's, that's interesting too, is I think this is a great time for people to self-reflect. Like for me, I, I can only tell people what worked for me to get sober and to help them in that way. But it took me wanting to do it, knowing that that was what was right. And I was, you know, the old adage, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think now there's some people that are at home and, and you know, sadly, it's a good and bad thing. People that are addicts are able to self-isolate. We're used to it. But maybe people are thinking right now, you know what? This is a great time to admit that I've got an issue that I need help with, to reach out, reach out to those friends, those family, uh, the professional people that are still working right now from home. My sister's a social worker. She's working from home. So we all have those resources. And to say, listen, you know what? I deserve to give myself a break. I know that I want to live a better life than this kind of the way that I went through it. And I hope that's what's going on now, aside from all the other stuff where I think on a societal level, Greg, we are going to be more kind to each other, more connected, safer with our hygiene, all those different things. But mental health and, and addiction issues are a very important part of that. And I think we're going to get a very special reset here that hopefully when we come out of this, this, you know, we went into this social distancing and, uh, you know, quarantine, stay-at-home type world, the world we come back to is going to be very different. But it doesn't mean it can't be better. And that's my great hope right now, that it is better. We're all kinder. We're all more connected. We're all kind of nicer after this reset, not just here in the States, worldwide. The, the whole world's on pause right now. Well, speaking with Dan Leach, and I, I echo your comment and you couldn't say it any better. We've turned into kind of that society where everybody uses social media as that crutch and maybe people aren't right. so nice to, to each other. And I, I know you're a guy that's heavy on social media. How is it dealing with, with criticism and people? like that what's your message to student athletes who we see that that all the time that if somebody makes a bad play people on twitter are quick to react and, and tell negative thoughts to those kids rather than propping them up how does somebody right. like you that's front and center that receives feedback all the time not take some of those those negative people to heart Greg, it's, it's uh, such an important thing going on right now and, and i'll tell you this you know i'm a pretty positive guy i think i don't get it as bad as some but if people could see some of the, the response and i have to i don't like blocking anybody but i have to mute some people on twitter um if, if people could see some of the response i get you know they'd be like what and if they could see when i do my radio shows in 97.1 some of our ticket tax that we get uh they would be stunned but like you said, and it's a great question about how student athletes, you know, have had to react to things. The, the way I look at it is this, because I know there are certain things I might say. I, I'm, I'm an opinion guy. I mean, I, that's what I do for a living. I'm a personality, and I have an opinion. But I've had to very, be very careful because we're very incredibly divisive politically, and I get that. You don't want to alienate half your audience. That's something I learned day one broadcast uh, classes at Eastern Michigan. But at the same time, it's important to express who you are. And then on, on the level of where... You know, let's say, as you mentioned, an athlete makes a bad play. We've seen some of these, and not just pro athletes. That's one thing. They're making a lot of money. They, you know, they're insulated. They've got security, et cetera. But we've seen student athletes get death threats. And I think to go back to what we talked about previously uh, before you asked this question, this is 
a time for us to reevaluate that kind of stuff. There are always going to be a small percentage of what we call trolls or keyboard bullies that for two seconds feel like they're making themselves feel better by disparaging someone racially or gender, you know, by their gender or their sexual orientation. But I know that like the, not just the high majority, most of us, like the 98% of us around this, this country and world are good people. And I, that's my great hope during this period as well, that those kind of things, you know, we get better, that we are more understanding that yes, you can be frustrated with somebody, but to like disparage their race or their religion or who they are, that's ridiculous. And I would say to the student athletes listening right now, and I, I know that many of them are unbelievably smart. They know, you know, that social media is a great tool. It's, it's both an incredible thing and can be also an awful thing, but it's way more incredible than it is awful. That's for sure. They just need to, to tune it out. Like for me, I found myself over these last couple of weeks being at home because I actually was at the Rudy Gobert Utah Jazz Pistons game. So there was a thought, and I was two feet from him, three feet from him at a shoot around before the game. There was a thought that I might, you know, be infected. So I had to stay at home for a while. I'm actually, I'm fine now. And it's been away over 14 days. But I know just being at home, there was nights where I would lose five or six hours responding to people, which I always do anyway, but responding to people that were like being crazy on social media. And I had to kind of take a break from that at times and say, listen, let's not fight. And most of the times I would get through that. And we, even if this disagreeing on a certain point, we would have respect for each other. That's the way I, I live most of my life on social media. But I do get frustrated like an athlete would or anyone would when people start making it personal and start using bad language and disparaging ethnicity or religion, et cetera. So the best advice is you just got to mute the person, let that fall off, be who you are, be as positive and, you know, uh, you know, have the, the kind of forward thinking that it takes for us to, to all try to bring ourselves together as opposed to being divisive. But as Greg, as we know, whether it's in athletics, whether it's in politics, whether it's in business, there's always going to be people that make things divisive. We just have to be better than that. We have to rise above that. You know, the old saying, when they go low, we go high. That, that couldn't be more true now. But I, I always believe in silver linings. And as tough as this time period is for so many people, economically, emotionally, mentally, et cetera, I just can feel us coming out on the other side in a much healthier society, slowing down a minute, still using our great tools of social media and, and, and reaching out to each other, but being kinder about that and not being so crass and mean and negative and giving death threats to student athletes that are just trying to live out a dream and support their school and then rep their school, that's, that's unacceptable. And I know we can be better. And I think that a lot of people will because they've realized just what is important. It's not ripping someone on social media. It's living your life and, and putting good vibes into the world. That's what should matter right now, Greg. Speaking of that, you've been a guy that's been quick to, to reach out in good moments and bad uh, after sure. the UW football team quick, quickly reached, reached out after their win over Illinois. But you were also there after the disappointment at the Quick Lane Bowl this last December when Eastern fell in the final moments to Pitt. When you look back at, at kind of the era of, of resurgence of EMU athletics, one, how proud are you? But two, also to the disappointment level that maybe the Detroit media market hasn't re-embraced Eastern despite being in its own backyard. And you figure there's so many uh, Detroit media representatives that have ties to EMU. 
It's, yeah, and listen, I work with a lot of them. You should see the amount of Eastern Michigan Eagles last year on that are at 97 women ticket that are at various TV stations. So it's a point of pride for me. And I got to thank you and your great staff because after that Illinois game you mentioned earlier this year, the third straight EMU Big Ten went on the road uh, in consecutive years that I had Coach Creighton on. I think it was within two or three minutes of him doing his press conference, and I was actually on the air that day. So I, I thank you for that because it, it is a, a point of pride, and it, it shouldn't matter just that I'm an Eagle alum. We really, I know that we, and we, you and I know this, and we've done this forever. I was told this by your mentor, and a mentor to me in many ways, Jim Streeter, years ago. Eastern will never be Michigan. It will never be Michigan State, but they don't have to be. And they're special in their own right. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because it's not that I don't think certain people in our great Detroit media, because we have so many amazing people that work in Detroit media. We have a, one of the, you know, few states, uh, cities in the country that has all four pro teams, has all these colleges. We live in an incredible area. But it's, it's that they just, they don't, they know that what gets the clicks and gets the ratings is Michigan and Michigan State. And we, that's never going to change. But it doesn't mean you can't focus part of your programming, part of your topics on radio, on a school like Eastern, on a school like Toledo that's to the edge of our range, but in the MAC, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Oakland, University of Detroit, Mercy, where obviously I called their games on radio and TV for years. So it's, it's so important to, you know, I, I get that there's certain things that get that pay the bills, but it doesn't mean you forget about Eastern. And, you know, Greg, I looked this up the other day just to make sure I had the right date. And I think you'll remember this. Wednesday, February 25th, 1998. Bowen Fieldhouse, Earl Boykins hit a three-quarter court shot to beat Toledo, final regular season game of the year. That was the year that Michigan Eastern obviously went to the tournament and lost to Michigan State. I remember that they showed a shaky video on Channel 7, but at least they had someone there. At least they had a camera person there. Those are the, the moments that are indelible for thousands of people that have gone through the, the doors at Eastern Michigan throughout the last, you know, several decades. So you can't forget about that. It's, and thank God you've got an, inc- an incredible coach right now, like uh, Chris Creighton with the football program. What he's done is, is unthinkable in many ways. Eastern was, let's be honest, you know, a bottom five, bottom 10 FBS program. They've gone to bowl games in three of the last five, five years. That's just incredible. And Rob Murphy, you know, doing his best in the basketball program. So I think there's a lot of things that you've got to, not forget are around. Yes, they might not have the fan base as an alumni like a Michigan or Michigan State, but in many ways they're just as important because they're part of the community. I mean, the work that you and your staff, the work that, you know, the coaching and the the athletes in Eastern Michigan do on the men's and women's side is just as important as the big schools. It's just not on the biggest scale as far as ratings go because they're, you know, it's back, it's Mid-American Conference. It's not the Big Ten, but it doesn't take away from its importance and it's you know, impact in the community in that sense. So I hope we get some more coverage, Greg. I know that I'll always keep repping Eastern Michigan till the day that I die, but that's that's kind of the reason that it happens. And I hope that maybe this is another way as we reset after sports comes back and say, listen, we got other schools to talk about too, not just the big two. Well, I think that's exactly what, uh, yeah, you, you kind of reset some of those moments. And right now we're running that video, uh, the, the series on EMU football, the greatest uh, wins that they've had over the last 30, 40 years. And, and the EMU basketball yep. series will start tomorrow on emueagles.com. So it'll be an interesting uh, time. But before I let you go, I, I have to ask one more thing. And just you look at all of the levels and ways now schools make themselves available that maybe they weren't available when when you started granted you had etv and qbr which were well ahead of their time 
but you yes. look at, at, at kids trying to get into the broadcasting field today. A lot of times they just want to be kind of square pe- uh, round hole, round peg and, and be somebody else. You've kind of always taken the philosophy of being your own person. You've developed your own vocabulary with the whiz <laughs> and swizzle sticks and everything else. But how, if, how do you tell somebody who wants to be like you someday to be themselves and not have to fit in, in a certain corner or, or realm. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I always just, you know, there are certain people that obviously think I'm nuts and there's others that love me because I'm just who I am. And I always have been that way, even going back to when I met you 20 plus years ago. That's the way I'll always be. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because uh, actually later tonight, I am going to sit down and do a Skype interview with a high school student from West Bloomfield who has asked the similar question that you just asked, you know, what what can I do to get involved? What, what can I do to be the best I can be? And I always tell people this, Greg, I've mentored many, I've had interns, I, I do the best I can to, to give back as people like you and, and Jim Streeter and the athletic department did it for me, other broadcasters, I remember meeting Bob Ryan and and Mike Lupica and other guys when I was very young, and obviously our, our local guys like Dan Miller and uh, and Wojo and people like that, Terry Foster, that always were very kind to me when I would ask them what it took. The most important thing is, and I'll, I'll tell you what Chris Berman told me when I met him at the U.S. Open here in 96, uh, the one that Steve Jones won, because he was one of my heroes. And uh, I said, what what can I do? You know, you're, you're someone I look tremendously up to. What can I do? to get in this business, what, what's the most important thing you can tell me? And he said, be yourself, know the facts, and do whatever it takes. And that's what I tell people that ask me and that have asked me throughout the last you know, couple decades now, because I'm getting old, man. Um, I say, listen, you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get any kind of experience you can get. Uh, and as you mentioned, I'm definitely not a, I'm definitely a square peg going into different, you know, uh, trapezoid holes and round holes and anything I can do because I am my own person. And that's just as important as doing whatever it takes, because I think in this day and age, and there are way more, as you mentioned, obviously we were ahead of our time with WQBR, the radio station, and ETV, but now you've got streaming and I'm doing a video stream show that's live streamed on YouTube and there's FaceTime and Zoom and all these and bloggers. There was no, there were no, no bloggers back in uh, my college years in the nineties. There were some, but it was very, very rare. And I think that, You've just got to be well-rounded. You've got to, like I, day one at Eastern, tried, got my own radio show, started writing for the Eastern Echo newspaper, did the TV stuff, took classes in, you know, all different kinds of journalism things, whether it was sports writing, whether it was, you know, just AP style. I just feel like it's so important to be as well-rounded as possible because then you can be whatever kind of peg you need to be. If it's a circle, a square, a, tri- a triangle, a trapezoid, whatever it is. And I think that that's just a really important thing to, to just be willing to, to soak in all that experience. And as you kind of alluded to, these days, there are people that, I'm not saying it's most, but there's some, and I've dealt with some of these people that have come up through our station and, and unfortunately didn't last. They want to you know, become a producer and be on air in a year. You've got to work your way into that. You've got to be a well-rounded person before you go from producing a show or screening phone calls to being an honor host like what I do and what others do. And I think that people have got to understand that it's going to take some time. But if you work your butt off and you are willing to learn whatever you have to learn, you can make it. 100% will get to where you want to go. Will everyone be Bob Costas like I wanted to be as a kid? No. But can you be who you are and make an impact in whatever way that is, whether it's TV or radio or writing or blogging or you know whatever it is? Absolutely. And that's the biggest advice I can give is that whether you're a student athlete listening and wants to get in the media, whether you're a student, whoever you are, you can do it. 
Just be willing to do whatever it takes. Be humble and pay your dues on the way up. Get a killer internship like I did at Fox 2 and, and listen to what people have to say. Because the day you think, this is the, the best advice I can give right now. The day you think you don't need any more advice or any more feedback or you can't get any better is the day you should give it up. Because I don't care if I'm in this business for 20 years, 50 years, 140 years on Mars. I can always get better. I can always do things better. And I can always learn more. So that's, that's the most important thing I can say. And I will tell you this. I learned a lot of that, Greg, in my different classes, whether it was radio, screenwriting, TV, whatever it was, the classes I took at Eastern, it really, the foundation started there. Dan, I can't appreciate your time enough. You're a constant pro, a great friend, and an EMU supporter. And I want you to, when we have a chance in schools back open, to come back out, uh, talk to our kids, and, and hopefully maybe bring that space coat. Hey, the space coat's in. It's an honor to know you, and uh, I can't tell you how proud I am. And I've, I've always been so proud to be an EMU alum and to know people like you. And, and I mean, to have all these great people in our business, uh, it means a lot. So thank you, and I look forward to great, great times ahead. Everyone, stay safe, wash your hands, stay in touch with people. And as always, believe in the dream, my man, Greg. Believe in the dream. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week.